0: Okay guys, welcome to episode number 32 of the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast. And um, We have another guest podcast this week and I'm delighted to welcome on the podcast Mr. Dan Glynn, who is a holistic health and performance coach and he's looking not just at the physical but at the mental um, side of fitness, which is close to my own heart. As I said, it's kind of my ethos as well. So um, he works sort of one-to-one group coaching online and in corporate work as well. As, uh, he's, as well as working with the Soul Space community, which we're gonna delve into a little bit later on with, with Jerry and Miriam, um, which will be great to hear about that. And he's some man for the quotes as well, uh, just like <laughs> myself. Uh, on his website, he has a brilliant one from Socrates. Secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Love that, love that. Um, Thank you. So without further ado, Dan, welcome to the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast
1: thanks a million thanks for having me on michael it's an absolute pleasure to be on and an even greater pleasure to have such a great intro you know, you nearly know more info about me <laughs> than i do about myself so oh, you're putting a, bit, in of a rese- bit of pressure now
0: <laughs> I, had to, I had to do a bit of research but it was all good um so first of all before we get into i suppose the the, the main questions uh how are you how are things with you firstly i suppose professionally um, personally you know over the last year and um, we've all been in the same boat It's something that has been sort of universal so we've all um we've all been in it and um, so just how how have things been and how are you doing
1: yeah i suppose I, I like us all i suppose i've faced different challenges over the last year so like yourself my when this first came word of it and when i first heard the word of it i think we all had that mindset as it got too far away won't impact us nothing will happen and continuing on with our normal day life, sometimes taking that for granted as well. And then obviously as it came closer to reality, my business, like yourself, had to close. I had to try and change around my business completely, change around things. And it was, uh, like I all a challenging in time, something that I didn't expect. And I think if there's anything within my own beliefs in life is that life doesn't happen to us, but ha- happens for us. I think we all have a decision to make is whether I become the product of my own environment or the product of my own internal world and for me that was what COVID I suppose really highlighted for me was whether I could sit here and have every single right to be frustrated, angry, annoyed, anxious, worried, fearful or I could start to say what can I do about this, what changes can I start to make, how can I start to show up. So for me it was just getting straight into it in terms of changing my business around. And then uh, for me, I always try and see what's the universe trying to show me right now. And for me, uh, on, I put on the back foot. I think we were speaking about at the start about different stuff we've been studying over the last year. And for me, it was the same. I put so much stuff in the back foot for a long while. So it's given me more time to to do different courses. I'm studying a bit of sports psychology at the moment. I've just finished with Kingstown College um as a mental fitness and wellbeing coach as well, and completely changed around my business, and um, open up one of my own health and wellness studios now in the next couple of months as well. So that's, that's a dream of mine for a long while. Yeah. So I suppose it's, in ways it's been great for me. It's been giving me that opportunity and that time to really look at where am I at right now and where would I love to be? And it's not to say that I didn't face any challenges in that, of course I did, but for me, I think it's having them routines, having them r- rituals that allow me to be well, live well, and perform well each and every day, and whatever that looks on that day. So, I suppose as a short synopsis, that's kind of where the year has been at over the last while now.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, and I said, uh, so it's a nice way. it's what I said. We, we we're going to focus a little bit more in you know what we're doing now. And um, I saw actually some some pictures you put up of your new space. It looked it looked unreal. So there's exciting times ahead with that. Um, it's a beautiful you. setting, isn't it? It's lovely scenery and stuff. So, no, so it's a beautiful place. So well done Thank on that. you. Um, that was a question later on, actually, as well. So we'll, we'll go, we'll dive into that a little bit more later on. So I'm just going to touch on that quote that you put up on your on your site. The second part of it, <clears throat> not fighting the old, but building the new um question is a lot of people get stuck in the past dan and um you know maybe have regrets about the past or maybe you know worrying about something that might not happen down the line but why do you think people you know those pre-recorded tapes kind of get stuck in that um you know fighting the old um uh, instead of trying to build the new
1: yeah it's a great question and i think i think a lot of it in my own opinion i think a lot of in the world and what we see now in terms of performing well or in terms of living well or or whatever that is is that there needs to be this sense of fighting there needs to be this sense of urgency there needs to be this sense of aggression and the 5am club and work hard grind it out and and fitness if we look at fitness in my own opinion the world of fitness has become that this sense of pushing yourself striving yourself working harder if you're not leaving the gym nearly crying in tears it wasn't a good workout I think as a society, in a way, we've nearly created this picture of health that it has to be this aggression type. So I think so many times and where that quote comes into it is that we feel like we have to fight ourselves to be well. I have to fight myself. I have to wake up in the morning, and fight that person that says, you're too lazy, get up, get going. I have to fight myself and say, why eating that food? You shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. I have to fight myself saying, widening you get five more squats at the end of that set and I think fitness has in a way created that and that was one of my own struggles I went through as well over about three years ago I, I kind of lost the interest if I'm being honest for what I was doing so my whole life I've been working around the health and fitness and wellness industry but about three years ago I came to a point in my life where it it just wasn't nourishing me anymore it wasn't doing anything for me I was coming into the gym and I was feeling worse nearly after going into it than before I was because I was in there and I was I was thinking about why am I like this why am I feeling like this and it just brought so much frustration to me in my own life that moment that I felt a disconnect towards fitness and I suppose then in my own beliefs and from everything I seen out there in terms of social media or or stuff I was reading up on, it seemed like I had to fight myself to be well, to be successful. And whatever that looks like for each person is different. And the more I kept doing that and the more I kept fighting myself, the more what I actually wanted was getting further away from me. So I'd push myself hard in the workout, harder and harder and harder. And I'd feel worse and worse and worse. I'd work longer hours, longer hours, longer hours, longer hours. And I'd still feel this sense of of emptiness and I think for me it came to that point where my life I'd say well something's not working here something's not clicking here and for me that's where I had to focus and ask myself them big important questions who actually am I yeah. what do I actually want what are the things that actually make me come alive and when I looked at my life that whole year I had so much time just on working push myself harder striving And back then, I didn't even know what meditation was. I didn't even know what mindfulness was. I hadn't a clue of any of these areas. And when I started to look into them, things started to change for me. I started to feel more confident, feel more at ease, feel more peace. I wasn't judging myself. And I started to look at health and fitness as this different perspective than what i had before before i had this idea that it had to be intense tough grueling painful whereas now i look at it as this sense of fuel in my body being compassionate to myself working hard for my own health and wellness and for me i think where that quote and why it is up on my website it was a big part of my own life that i finally decided i'm going to stop letting go of fight myself letting go of Tell myself I'm not good enough and start to work on the person who I wanted to be and the way I wanted to live so it's one of the quotes that I try to live by um it's from an amazing person I'm sure as you've probably looked at a lot of his work as well but it's uh it's a really powerful quote I think
0: yeah no I love that and uh you know that daily stoic book as well and that philosophy is is, is a huge interest you know and I find that uh, you can we can learn and so many thousands thousands a year on we can learn you know uh you know so much from them absolutely um, um but no it's you know it's funny it's that similar you know it's kind of a similar sort of i suppose experience um in finishing you know, i was probably nearly 20 years now in the game um and again it was it was finding my way i suppose even if you're you know going back say to uni um you know it was the three core modules we had it was more of a sports science degree i did was physiology biomechanics and in sports psychology or psychology and i dropped psychology because like i've thought what's that you know wishy washy whatever yeah. um i was more science based you know and my thesis was on like physiology and um strength training and this and that um and i was like look there's no correct answer with that it's more debate and blah 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 um and it was more okay the physical body and it's funny you know, as obviously we grow up and mature. And, and again, I was at that point probably in 2015, 16, that I was losing interest for the whole industry. You know, I'd, I was like, what? where's my life going? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would know you know, I I'd, I'd a dream of something that, you know, I'd like to have something down the line or my own place and this and that. But it was, uh, you know, I was nearly kind of saying, oh, maybe I need to change completely. And I'd, al- I'd already, always had that kind of caring, I suppose, um, nature about me and, you know, really... You know the feedback I got was you no, know, you know as I said it's not just the physical. It was someone come in as you know yeah. yourself working with clients who might have had you know you know the bo- you know the the bottom of the iceberg that nobody knows about that they're struggling with, and mm. it's, I was always kind of at a knack of kind of being able to you know help people nurture people through a process. Um, and then I started doing some sort of work with a psychotherapist in regards to some talks and things and then I kind of started into life coaching 2016 I got I qualified as that and then some studying the mind and neuroscience I was like wow this is so fascinating and how it works yeah. and it gave me I suppose a purpose and then in 2017 you know when I was thinking about what I wanted to bring to the towns, a lot of gyms in Kalani I was like well it's bringing the physical and the mental together so fitness for body and mind is my tagline on my logo and you know, people may be doing, as you said, focus on the physical, 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 but, you know, it weren't maybe mm-hmm. looking at the other side of things, which is sometimes more important. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, I love that. And, you know, I remember you, on one of your stories, Dan, you were saying, you know, you had a bit of a pivotal moment. Um, so, and I think it was, say, 24. Um, was that around the same time where you decided to, okay, this is a point where I maybe, you know, change my, my mindset or my view on, on life in general? Yeah, I
1: think there's like, I think like us all, we we all come to these certain experiences in life, whether it's illnesses, uh, diseases or griefs. I think we all, we're all going to meet them parts in life if we not haven't met some of them already. And I think in them moments, there can be something that can really define us, something that can, we can really take from us to, to bring forward to the person who we are. And, If I look at where I am now in life, all of them have come from experiences such as that. So when I first decided I wanted to get into the health and wellness industry, it was after losing my uncle who was closer from suicide. And that was the moment where I really started to think of health beyond the physical and starting to really broaden my own awareness, my own mind, and what was actually health all about. Was it really about just going to the gym and training the body? So that was the first catalyst that really got me thinking more about the mind, more about the spirit, more about the soul. And then one of my good friends, about two years ago, He we would have been best friends always growing up, messing, laughing, probably getting up to stuff we shouldn't have been getting up to, <laughs> but look, we got away with it for now anyway. Yeah. But two great friends, and unfortunately I lost him then on Christmas Eve two years ago then as well. And if you met this person and if you knew this person, this was someone who, was that true person who experienced life each and every single day, who made a conscious decision to embrace each and every day and every single moment. And he really taught me a lot. When, when I was growing up, then I would have come across in ways as quite confident, but I wasn't really that confident in my own self. And this fella, how he got the confidence he had, I, I could never believe it. <laughs> Some of the situations, I, I question maybe he was too confident at times, <laughs> but again, he got away with it. But yeah. He was an amazing teacher for me. We, if we were together and we go into the shop, we could be getting diesel for the car or something, we go in, and he could make every single person in the room just feel comfortable, just feel themselves, And he'd have no problem with asking this person the most random question in the world. And if I had to do that, I'd feel so much fear and say, oh God, what if they say this? What if they say that? So he was a huge part of my life. And when it, when he was gone, I really said to myself, well, he can be gone physically, but what he's left and what he's given me, I'm going to carry on. And he was one of my own biggest lessons and biggest teachers. And from that is where I further started to get really into letting go of inner fear, Showing up as your best self, embracing each day as a moment. And I've created my own acronym for life, which is live it fully every day. And I think that's really important that every day is a lifetime and every lifetime is a day. So this day we have today, we might not have tomorrow. And mm-hmm. it was the same with him. He went to bed normally on Christmas Eve, the night before Christmas Eve, out for 12 pubs, like he wouldn't any other Christmas Eve. And he yeah. just thought it was going to be a normal Christmas Eve the next day, but it wasn't. And I think if we all can live with that sense of gratitude and what we have, gratitude in each day that we get in each opportunity that's given us into us in each day, I think suddenly we can start to let go of that inner fear. Suddenly we can start to not get so caught up in some of the problems we create in our own mind. And I think that's what health is really all about. We, we know the gym and we know eating food is, is extremely important absolutely and that's what I preach as well yeah. but I think they're just small pieces of the puzzle. I think at times we need to ask ourselves, what's the piece of the puzzle I need today? What's the piece of the jigsaw that I'm just not nourished enough right now? I think that's what's what's really important so I suppose for me there are two big moments in my life and then uh, I have, a, I have a bit of a dodgy lung as as people will so know who know me. I got a collapsed lung about nine months after that. And that's a really interesting thing that in when we look at, obviously we know there's tons of different variations of health. And when we look at real holistic health, they say with trauma. So this happened nine months after I lost him. They say with trauma, what can happen in the body is obviously we can get a physical disease from a lack of ease in the mind, body, and spirit. So as Jerry always says, and Miriam always says, dis-ease, the word disease is dis ease. So lack of mind in the mm-hmm. body, lack of mind in the spirit, um, lack of ease in the spirit, sorry. So when I looked up my nine months all leading up to then, that was a moment where I really felt disconnected from what I was doing, nothing was nourishing me, nothing was making me come real alive. And I then first met Jerry and started working with him. A month later, I had a collapsed lung and this was nine months after I lost. My good friend, and when we look at trauma in the body, one of the areas associated with trauma is the lungs. So, when I went to the hospital, of course, the doctors, which focus on the physical, which is again is important, but only one small aspect, they say, "Oh, you're tall, you're skinny, Dan. Do you know, I think that's why you got the collapsed lung." But they never asked me what's going on in your life right now.
0: Emotions going on yeah. how, how
1: are you. How how you how you experience life right now? Are you are you happy? Are you feeling stress? Are you feeling overwhelmed? No one asked me them questions in the hospital, but yet I knew, purely based from the work that I did and what I studied, that that f- physical manifestation came from the trauma I was suffering from then. And I think it's I'm not sitting here on this podcast to say, oh, sorry me, this that, not whatsoever. But what I'm basically trying to say is that a lot of what I've experienced and what I've went through allows me to be the person that I am today. And as strange as it might sound to some people, if I could go back, would I change anything? Probably not, because it allows me to be in the position that I am, allows me to see the world the way I see it, allows me to see beyond the physical body of what I see. And I think that's it. I think we, we even with COVID, it's, it's a moment where we face that challenge just like something like that. But we also have a choice, which either Edith Eager talks about a lot in her book, The Choice, that we all have a choice in what we take from it. We can yeah. take the suffering, we can take the pain, or we can choose to let that go and leave it behind. So I think to answer the question in the short term, I think all the moments of my life is really defined in terms of what I do. And that's why I'm so powerful about the work that I do. Yeah,
0: no, that's amazing. And it's funny you said that because in the corporate and doing a kind of corporate program with the company they was I think it was last week we were talking about confidence and it was kind of what you said there about mm. um like you know going into a room full of people I remember the first time I did a workshop on my own I was like freaking out like you know um and like you I wouldn't have been someone who'd be able to you know go into a full room of people and be like you know but you know like your friend was was that person and, and now you've 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 used that you know, his presence and, and that's still with you, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So that's going to affect your life now and, you know, build that confidence through there, which I exactly. think is, and, and that was one of the things that I, I said is a good way to build confidence is finding someone who is confident, you know. Exactly. Um, you know, working and with mentors like, you know, a mentor of mine, Pat Falvey and Jerry, you know, pe- as in people you look up to and you're like, you know, um, you know, and give you a little bit of belief that, in yourself that you, you know, you have these qualities that you can, um, but no, I find that that's, that's amazing. And
1: and even, even with confidence, it's, it's, it's funny that even the word confidence in Latin is fidera. And what that basically means is trust. So confidence is simply nothing more than an absence of trust. So what has that been? So when we don't trust ourselves, when we don't trust the ability in, in who we actually are, what we're actually capable of, we lose a lack of trust in the universe why is this happening to me now why is this me why is this that and for me when i first realized this that confidence was simply the absence of trust it really made me really question then so am i actually not confident or do do i just not back myself enough in this am i actually not confident or am i looking for external validation that allow me then to trust myself so I need someone else to tell me oh you're good enough you're able to do that Mm. you look well in them clothes do you know what you're good enough you got enough likes in your Instagram posts you know what you're good enough so I think so many people are living with unconfidence but I think it's just come from a lack of trust in themselves
0: yeah no totally 100% agree with that one um in regards to failure, Dan, I know you put up on your story recently, I've not been stalking your Instagram page or anything. Um, <laughs> I'll but, forgive you, don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, lo- I love the stuff you're putting up. But uh, you put up the Kobe Bryant and you put up about his story. And we're going to talk a little bit about failure. If He was talking about how that one summer where he didn't score a point, you know, when he was, you know, zero for zero or whatever. Um, and uh, his dad said to him, Do you know, it doesn't matter if you, you shoot zero or shoot 60, you know, as long as you do, do, do your best or whatever. So basically, that just made them aware at that young age that it was OK to fail. Um, I think people are really afraid to fail. And, you know, I, I think I heard some once on a podcast, people even don't do something because they are afraid of the emotional feeling that will happen when they don't achieve this thing. So they're nearly saying it before they've even tried it that they you know I can't do that or I'm going to feel really sad or deflated if I don't do that thing start that business do whatever that course or whatever um and they they just you know put you know stop put the brakes on um what's your view on kind of that that, that whole failure you know you know and what I put up on, on a workshop before was like you know failure to me you know is it's kind of going from you know all success is going from failure to failure without losing that kind of enthusiasm so what's your take on that?
1: yeah i think i think you're absolutely 100 percent right there and and it's funny um when you mentioned that video because when i found it first i originally meant to send it to my girlfriend Grania because she's a primary school teacher and uh i realized it was up in my story and i was like oh, that's a great video i'm going to leave it up anyway yeah um but it's uh i suppose why i really connected with that was it's that sense of when kobe says my father still told me I don't care if you score no points or 60 points i'm still going to love you either way Anyway, yeah. i think that's what really gives us the ability to to go out and do what we want without worrying about fear without worrying about what if it doesn't work out without worrying about what if what if i fail because i think the biggest worry we have there is the feeling that we're going to be unloved unloved by ourselves or unloved by them who are most closest to us and my own girlfriend Grania, she's been one of my greatest teachers as well in, in terms of that. And when she works with kids and in, in 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 her age they teach them she teaches them so much and they teach her so much. And one of the big lessons that I got from that was even when you look at a child around the age of five or six. They could be dancing around and they look absolutely mad. They could be singing and they sound like a hairdry going off in the corner. They could be the worst football player in the world. But often at times, they no, don't even care. They're not even worried. Why? Because they haven't come into this world without this expectation that you have to be good at it to to be successful. You have to be good at it right now. There is no phase where there comes learn. There only is start expert. There's no beginner. There's no intermediate. There's only expert. They haven't created this belief within themselves yet. And they will keep doing it. And sometimes she, I, she, and when I hear some of the photos, they they obviously draw and paint all these photos and all these things where it's a mountain and it looks like a big big blob in the paint, but he thinks he's Vincent van Gogh and he doesn't give a a care rat's arse in the world. He just believes it's the most incredible paint in the world. He doesn't care if it looks horrendous because in his mind and what he believes, he Mm. thinks it looks incredible. And I think with failure, that's one of our biggest worries is what if people think I'm no good? What if people think, God, he couldn't even do that? What if people are going to think that? And we get so caught up in failure with worrying about what other people are going to say, rather than saying, well, what do I believe I'm capable of? And we now know our life can be only as good as our own internal beliefs. So what we believe to be true about ourselves, to be true about the world is ultimately what we're going to experience in life. So if I'm that kid who painted that photo and think I'm useless and it was the worst painting ever, guess what? I'm never going to paint it again. I'm never going to try it. because as you said, Michael, it's that emotion that's going to be associated if I do it again. And I think that's the big thing we need to ask, well, what's the most truest belief I hold to myself? What do I really believe to be true about me? And it's something even for me, I had to do work on was stand in front of the mirror every single morning and ask myself, well, what do I believe? What's the first thing I see when I look into that mirror? Do I see someone with a, a, a face dropping down to the left-hand side? Do I see someone who could be going bald in a couple of years? Do I see someone with... Not at all. Oh, not, not at all. That's okay. That's okay. I, I'm going to get the products in in a couple of weeks anyway. That'll keep me going. She's oh, yeah. The
0: quote's getting big with me. Don't worry about that.
1: <laughs> you might lend me a bit of that hair, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's to ask what do I really tr- truly believe to be true about myself and... Even for me, something I've started recently doing, so we, we've been blessed in COVID and to move into one of our dream homes right on the seafront and it's something that we've always dreamed of and uh, something I've always wanted to do was start surfing. And so I recently bought a board about a month after we moved in and started surfing. Now, I surfed once in my life before this and I was, as the board came from the DHL man, I took it out, put it on the floor, I was uh, looking up the YouTube videos, practicing how to get up on the board and all. I was like, this is going to be grand. This is going to be handy. Easy. I'll be flying at it. So, of course, Dan being confident, Dan saying this is handy, this is easy, walks down with his board, walks onto the beach. Now, I live in Mead, so it's not a big surfing spot. I'm not in Bundoran or anything like that. So I'm coming onto the beach, getting on. Here's the first wave. I can feel it coming onto the board. I'm expecting to bring out my inner surfer and be standing up. No problem at all. And bang, straight to the ground. I absolutely buckled myself. And I went at it again, went at it again. And I was getting so frustrated and so annoyed. It kept getting more frustrated. It kept getting more annoyed. And I came back into the house after about an hour and a half and, uh, granny was like to me, how'd you get on and surfing? I was like, oh, it's a load of shite. She's like, why? I couldn't get any waves. Like I got about one or two. And she was like, so what? You're going to be an expert the first time you get onto the board. Now the inner critic in me said, ah, fuck off with you whatever. Yeah. And then I just sat there and said, do you know what? You're right. And that's what I love about surfing now is that it's one of them sports and one of them things that every day you go out, it's different. Every day you go out, some days you can bring out your inner surfer where you think you're sponsored by rip curl or something. And then the other day you can be like, God, I can't even fucking stand on this board at all. But every day you meet a different part of yourself and you're forced in surfing to meet that with compassion. So can I meet it with compassion when I'm, things are going well? Can I also meet it with compassion when I'm, my head's underwater half, more than it's above the water. And I think that's what failure is really, really about is them two things is what what do I ultimately believe to be true about myself? Do I believe I'm Vincent van Gogh painting that painting? And can I meet myself with compassion either way in whatever way the outcome is? And I, I think that's the big thing is, is letting go of that expectation of failure. We think again with the surfing I practice the board up in the house on a solid, stable, sturdy ground. And as soon as I get out into the water, into the action, it's a completely different scenario from what I expected. But I can let my own ego say, you know what, Dan, you're no good at it. You'll never be any good at it. Or I can just say, you know what, I'm out here. I'm out here for a bit of fun. I'm out here to have a bit of crack. Yeah. Whatever way I surf today is whatever way exactly I'm meant to surf today. Can I just be present in this moment on this day? Because I've never surfed on this day before. I've never been in this water on this day before. I've never been in this water with this current before. And we know everything in life is a constant process of change. So that if we did this podcast tomorrow, we will be two completely different people meeting here tomorrow. Yeah. Because millions and billions of our cells have degenerated and regenerated. So we're, we're different physical beings showing up in this state the next day so when we know everything is a constant process of change and again when we can live life live it fully every day in that moment and whatever is on that day I think it's that helps us to let go of that sense of what if it doesn't work out what if this happens what if that happens and we can start to bring out our, our inner Van Gogh more
0: no I love that and uh from working with some mama babies and toddlers and stuff in the last few years <clears throat> again they're just running around screaming laughing having you know and we kind of you know we do lose that as uh, as that or well, we kind of tell ourselves that you know we have to be um do this and do that and be serious in this moment but to, to, you know we, I think I've got a question there a little bit later on about the inner child and how to connect with that and I think that's that's been a big thing with myself but um it just looking back on how <clears throat> I remember going to I think it's primary school in Cambridge where we would have a swimming club and it was the first time we were going swimming and I yeah. couldn't swim that great not, well, not really at all to be honest but like the, the teacher I must have been maybe seven or eight I don't know what I can't remember now but said, okay hands up if you can swim a length of the pool and you're going to be in top group so I was like yeah I can couldn't you know, um, it, it was like, yeah, I, I don't know how I didn't drown, but I could maybe doggy paddle half the length, but uh, I managed to, <laughs> you know, work it and I ended up staying in the group, thankfully. But it was just, there was no fear there. There was no, I want to be in the top group, so why not? But then, fast forward, I think 15, 16, I think I was playing rugby or something, and there was a, a, a point in a game which I've mentioned in workshop where, say, I was the left winger and I was quick back in the day, not, not anymore. <laughs> but uh, the ball was at the back of the scrum and you know, I was looking... This probably happened in the space of a few seconds or, you know, I felt like ages. I was having a conversation with my will, will I pick it up and run with it? And, but no, I might get shouted at by the coach if I do that. And I was playing for the first team as in I was at school but playing with people a couple of years older than me. And I was yeah. like, no, nah, I don't think I should. But then what if I did and I made it good, you know? So you're having that debate then with yourself. And mm. whereas if I was younger, there would have been pick the ball up and run with it. Do you know what I mean? So exactly. it's kind of losing that. Um, and it kind of goes into my next little question, Dan, about... I think people were maybe first lockdown people, you know, all the, the home workout stuff was, was bought. <laughs> you couldn't buy anything uh, home workout wise. People were doing classes, people were yeah. running five Ks and, you know, and then, you know, that positive maybe had that shift and people are, oh, you know, the lockdowns dragging on and on. What would you give a little tips and hacks to maybe if people are in that sort of negative spiral, which people are probably are at the minute there, you know, maybe their nutrition has gone off point and maybe they're not doing as much exercise. Um, Maybe, you know, to shift from that sort of shift their energy from maybe a, a not so good space to maybe better space. Well, what would you kind of advise? Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a great question. I think we we all experience that, of course, in different days. I'm not sitting here in the podcast thinking every day I wake up straight away in the morning, sunshine, and exactly. everything's dolly, everything's great. And I think we have to work ourselves in into feeling in that state and being in that state. But for me, some, what I talk about a lot is that, For me, I believe that motivation is simply an emotion. So it's an emotion. Like all emotions, it comes and goes. So times I feel happy, it goes, it'll come back. Times I feel sad, it'll go, it'll come back. I think in ways motivation can be like this as well. It can come and it can go. But what we can really sustain us to give that sense of what we feel and and how we decide and what we do when we're in that motivated state is finding something that's really important to you. So finding, as I say, find a why and you'll always find a way. And I think at times, whether it's with COVID now and whether it's around nutrition, whether it's around being more disciplined and exercise or consistent, we need to find a why in terms of why is this important enough to me? And when we can find that why, we can overcome pretty much anything. And there's an incredible book, which i'm sure everyone has probably heard about Uh jerry probably mentioned the last podcast before i'm sure you've read as well michael "Man um, man's search for meaning by victor franklin incredible book. Serious book yeah yeah amazing It'll, if anyone is listening hasn't read it yet please do i if, if if the publishers knew the amount of times i said it god i wouldn't have to work another day in my life <laughs> If but I had a Euro for every... <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's it's an amazing book and really, really powerful. And what Frankel speaks a lot about is finding the meaning. And when Frankel was in the concentration camp, he noticed when he was looking around him that people were starting to give up. People were starting to give in. And only natural with the environment that they were in. And he found in that moment that if he was to survive, if he was to get through this, he needed to find something that was meaningful enough beyond what was happening right there in that moment. So the people who were fallen, and were giving up all hope around him were the people who couldn't see beyond the barbed wire. All they could see was hurt, pain, suffering, trauma, stress, worry which I think most of us, if I'm being honest, would probably find in that exact environment as well. But Frankel asked himself a great question. And he asked himself, what is the real meaning of this? What is the meaning of this that's happened to me right now? Is this actually happening for no absolute reason? Or um, is this happening for some reason, for something greater that I need to bring to this world? So when Frankel was in there, again, he had to look beyond the barbed wire. So he placed his motivation, he placed his energy, not what was happening around him, but he had every single day kept saying to him, who's going to tell the stories about my children? Who's going to tell the stories about my wife? Who's going to share these incredible messages when I get out of here? And he had a strong enough reason in that moment to overcome his own environment right there and then. And he also said, who is going to tell these stories, who is going to share this message with the world. So Frank will in that moment, as horrendous and horrible as I'm sure of course it was, he's still seen something beyond that. He still found a powerful enough meaning. I think the lesson we can all take in that is to look at each, each type of food you eat, look at each type of workout you do, Look at each time you get into nature, look at each meditation you do and ask, well, what's the mean of this? And at times, if we look at the mean, it's just to do it. It just seems the cool thing. It's the hip thing. It's the trend thing to do now. Well, that'll work for a while. Absolutely. But we won't sustain it. We won't live by it. And we need to find something that's greater than ourselves. And I work with a lot of, of business owners, of, of mothers as well. And I say to them, well, what do you want your children to be like? What yeah. way do you want them to grow up as? Who do you, what way do you want them to be? And they say, well, I want them to be healthy. I want them to be well. What else would you like? I'd like them to be stress-free. I'd like them to really believe in themselves. I say, super. Do you do that all that for yourself right now? And most of them say, no, no. I don't. Uh, why? I haven't got the time, do you know, I'm too busy. There's too much stuff going on. There's too much stuff on my plate. There's this, there's this, there's that. And I said, well, if that's what you really want, if you really love your children, you'll find a way to do it. You'll find a way to fit it in. You'll find a, a way to stop eating all that bad food. You'll find a way to start eating better food. You'll find a way to get up early in the morning and commit to that workout as, as tough as it may seem at that moment and at that time. So I think when we find a why and when we find something that's really important for us, we'll find energy from within somewhere. And we see it in, in charity races all the time. People do these incredible, mad, ridiculous charity events. And when you look at what they do and achieve, you do you achieving, how the hell can they do that? But every single moment, pretty much from what I've seen anyway, there's not one person that says, I'm just doing it just for the sake of doing it. They have some attachment, they have some meaning, whether it's they're doing it for a charity, yeah. they're doing it because they lost a loved one or they need to get someone some help. There's some powerful meaning. And especially in the GAA, we noticed that there was, I think was um the Do It For Dan charity that was in the first lockdown. Suddenly all these GAA clubs were doing these incredible things. Mm. And the the money it generated for the charity was incredible. And I think that's what we need to find if we're finding right now that we're stuck in that negative mindset, that negative bubble, ask, if I was to really to do this, if I was really to commit to my own self, commit to my own health, what is the why I'm doing for? And my ultimate why, and it's a really powerful tool that I I show to people at times when I'm doing workshops is, is to write out your family tree. So do out your family tree, And obviously you'll have your grandmother, your grandfather, and then that will come down to your mother, your father, so on, so on. And do your family tree and do it all the way down till it comes to you. And ask at that point in that family tree, what are the traits, what are the values, what are the beliefs that you want to bring into this family tree? Because at times in life, yes, of course, we can get stuff passed down through childhood, through family. But as Frank will had, it doesn't determine what we do, it doesn't determine who we are. It doesn't determine what we experience. We have that choice, which Edith Eager talks about as well. We have the choice to determine what we want to be and what we want to see more of in life. So if you're finding that, you haven't that much motivation now, ask what's the values, what's the beliefs, what's the traits I want to bring into this family tree and what will that tree be made of? Will it be made of disbelief, lack of confidence, poor food, bad lifestyle or be full of health, wellness, love, joy, peace, confidence. What do I want to nourish the tree with? I think it's a really simple but powerful exercise to do for yeah. people.
0: No, that's really good. I love that. I love that family tree. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, a couple of ones of that, as I think Jerry mentioned as well, and, and ties in with the frank, you know, people <clears throat> might live, um, may, may live, well, I say, Think they're living or or living their lives to a point, um, but maybe not reaching their their potential, whatever. But then he said the most the toughest thing is to get into the end of your life from looking back and realize, okay, I didn't you know really live at all. I think that was a quote mm. from a book as well. I can't remember what um, the one he said, but uh, that stuck with me for for a good while. And it's like you know what you know what what's my contribution? What what have I you know what have I sort of left behind? In my, what's my family tree going to look like for my children and my grandchildren? You know, are they gonna mm. like I say you know they did as much as they could they they were kind they helped people they you know all these positive traits because a good question which I asked and I asked it to my corporate group and, and people were really dumbfounded by it you know it's like I say to them okay name five positive character traits that you have and give you maybe two minutes and you know majority very rarely I've had people in workshops actually have get five some people struggle to get one or two Um, which is quite sad, you know, and as you said, people are always looking for about, you know, I'm going to worry about the kids, the husband, the partner, the family, and they forget about themselves and they might not even want to look at themselves in the mirror. Like, you know, so it's, it's, and then I put up a slide of 50 positive traits and say, how many of those do you have? And they pretty much have all of them. So, but it's, it's, it's that, I suppose that disconnection and realise how, how, how amazing that, you know, you are as a person, Um, that kind of self-care, Dan, and, and, you Know Jerry talks about that, you know, has mentioned about the inner child, and you know, I, I, I link like you have. Um, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you can see it there, my screensaver. I don't know if you can see it. there. Oh, there he is. <laughs> there's there's
1: a young buck now. She's some ready haircut, to take some, on the world. Some haircut there. Tell you could borrow his hair now as well. It's so about it the
0: much. same, I'd say, with the length of it. Um, <laughs> but it's just sort of realizing that you know, um, that. You know, and, and, and we're talking about self-care and self-criticism and, and okay, you, you know, and I used to say a like, lot, you know, I, I wouldn't be the most, you know, I'd be quite forgetful, I suppose. Well, I've labelled myself there, but, you know, my short term is not great, but like, I might forget to put the bins out and I used to just beat myself up. You're so stupid, da-da-da. Yeah. Um, now I did do that last week as well, but I didn't beat myself <laughs> up this time. Um, but so look, it's, they'll be here again in two weeks, they'll be fine. But it was that jump to that negative, you're stupid, you're this, you're fat, you're ugly, you know, people... You know, and they wouldn't, you know, by stopping and looking at that picture and saying, would you speak to your your younger self like that? And the answer is no. So why do we speak to ourselves like it? Do you know, what's your kind of take on that?
1: Absolutely. I think that's it. I think it's a really powerful exercise, that, that inner child. And what I am speaking to myself, I'm speaking to that person exactly as you said. And we, we now know that now where where are most of our thoughts coming from? So we've up to 8,000 thoughts a day, if not more. Um where them thoughts ultimately come from. And we know when we look at behavior change, especially we have our behaviors that and actions. So that's the, the last pillar we have in terms of behavior. Then when we take a step back from that, we have an emotion. So most of our behavior and action is done from a sense of an emotion. I feel well, I feel sad, I feel bad, I feel guilty, I feel fearful, whatever. And that ultimately comes from an accumulation of thoughts, whether we get attached to them thoughts, or whatever. But where do the thoughts come from? Now, not all the thoughts come from here, but a lot of our thoughts ultimately come from our own internal beliefs. So what you believe to be true about yourself is ultimately what's driving them thoughts. And that's why meditation for people can be such a tough exercise at times because you're forced to sit there in silence with yourself. Yeah. And so many people say, I can't meditate, I can't do it, it's, it's too tough, it's too hard. Why? Because their mind is so over busy or they're hearing these thoughts that they don't really want to hear. And then they distract themselves with more coffee, with more TV, with more longer hours of work, with more time in social media to distract themselves so they don't actually have to listen to what's actually going on in their own world. And I'm not saying that to say it's tough to do. Absolutely, it's tough to do. I've spent a lot of my own life doing that, where I over distracted myself with work. I over distracted myself with social media. And I just made myself busier and busier and busier. So I didn't actually have to face what I actually believed to be true about myself. And that's what I talk about a lot in my talks with, with corporates as well as the disease of distraction. It's, yeah. it's a disease. And when we look at now with COVID and social media, people are on their phones now more than ever, with, all, the all the time. And it's something even myself, I've been getting into a little bit as well. I have to keep pulling myself back. And to come back to the point is that we know our thoughts and what we believe to be true about ourselves is coming from our own internal beliefs. And when we can build a better, more compassionate belief about ourselves, about what we believe to be true about what we're capable of, what we can do, what we've always been, what we see in this world, that's when things really start to change. That's when we really start to make a difference. And the Spenza talks about a lot how we can change our physiology and our biochemistry by our own internal beliefs. And Bruce Lipton's work is completely all on this, the biology of belief. Mm. And it's amazing what can actually happen when we start to build more compassionate beliefs and then people might say well how do I know what I believe about myself how do I actually know what I don't actually know well just sit with yourself for 10 minutes write down a question say who am I yeah. what do I believe to be true about myself or stand in front of the mirror and as I said earlier in the podcast it's something I had to do stand in front of the mirror every single morning and what's the first things you Start to say it to yourself. Do you start to say that your hair is wrong? You're going half bald. Your eyebrows are too thick. Your jaw is too big. Your nose is too big. What the things you start to say about yourself? Because that's ultimately coming from what you believe to be true about yourself. So that's the awareness of it first of all in our beliefs. And then, like anything, how can we start to change it? So the simplest thing is the same thing in the mirror. Hear the voice. So we speak about non-attachment. So what's non-attachment? Non-attachment is not getting attached to certain things that bring us a sense of who we don't actually want to be or what, the way we don't want to live by. So if we're in the mirror and we're, we're looking at ourselves, we hear this, oh, your eyebrows too, too thick. We can hear it, but we don't have to be attached to it. So it's like holding on to a dumbbell. If I ask you, Michael, right now, right, Michael, I want you to hold out a one kg dumbbell straight out in front. Could you hold it? Yeah. Right. If I asked you to hold that on for 20 years, could you hold it? No. <laughs> no. So what we hold on to, we know, becomes more heavier, more stronger. I and mean, in neuroscience, and the brain, we know that fires certain pathways, which creates the our, our subconscious beliefs. So now you become conscious, aware of it. Um, It's that non-attachment of letting it go and then bringing in a more compassionate. I am infinite. Anything I want, I am able to do. I am incredible. Right now, my heart, my blood pressure is automatically doing exactly what it needs to do. Right now, there's so many processes going on in my body that I don't even know how the hell it's doing it, but it's managed to do it for 25 years so far. And when we can start to see how incredible we actually are we can start to change our own internal beliefs which then starts to really change that inner talk and that inner dialogue and is it to say that we never hear it or it completely goes away no it'll always come and it'll always be there in some sense of form but what we can learn to do is become non-attached to it and we can really tune into our best self yeah that non-attached one i
0: love that and um you know, that taking that pause and creating space <clears throat> in the morning is a good thing, you know, as you said, you can get, you can go into that stress response quite quickly and activate the, the, those chemicals straight away. And then, you know, y- your day's pretty much been, um, you know, been uh, been sorted in, in, in the wrong way. But, um you yeah. know, again, Dr. You know, Dr. Joe Dispenza and stuff like that is, and I found something really profound when, when I was listening to something of him and he said, look, you can, you can literally think yourself sick, um but on the flip side you can actually you know can you think yourself well which was good you know it was a it was actually yeah because if you can do the other one surely you can think yourself well but Mm. um you know I I found that you know really you know really powerful at the time but uh no I loved that loved that and um um, as you said and it's it's catching you know I said it's just attention training you know meditation mindfulness is just be, you know it's it's it's, it's you know training how, how you can focus you never can have a clear mind you know it, it's as you said where okay I might have a negative emotion right now okay where's that come from okay last night I had an argument with the girlfriend, or I um, I uh, you know, did something wrong at work or whatever it is. So that's maybe developed then into emotion. So it's, it's kind of you know creating space and pausing, like you said, there mm. reflection. The mirror, the mirror one is really good. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Mm. Um, in regards to Soul Space, we won't keep you for too much longer. <laughs> good chat for a couple of hours. Um, <laughs> exactly. Your involvement in Soul Space. There, you saying maybe a couple of years ago, and and just talk us through that and and. You know, I've done a couple of this the webinars and things and I I have had literally a lady who's a client they might do a couple of classes with me. They they're now part of the Soul Space community and oh, they super. literally were like, This has been life changing and that's their words. I'm, I'm just quoting nice. directly. Um they found massive, um massive um benefits from it. So talk us through that and um and how how, you know, that community came about and, and you know what what kind of stuff you're doing um, actively at the moment, and um, just to kind of see, um, just to tell the listeners kind of what that's all about.
1: Yeah, so I suppose um, so. Over the last kind of year, year and a half, I've been really working with Jerry and Miriam together, and been lucky enough to be involved in a few programs and a few different initiatives we ran with Soul Space. And the first one we did was actually January last year, and we ran our own um, in-person program in Soul Space which is it located, we built a little kind of a gym in uh, Dublin, but I suppose of the last year, year and a half, I've been lucky enough to be involved with two, with, the Jerry and Miriam. And basically, I suppose what we're kind of finding in terms of feedback coming back was, and it's a bit like the work that I kind of do at times as well, is that, right, I understand it, I get it, I'm feeling great, but how can I sustain this? How can I keep maintaining this? And I suppose that was one of the challenges we were finding was that people who are feeling elevated, feeling well, it's kind of like listening to a podcast. You you feel this great sense of elevation, of, of expansion, of fulfillment and right and going to do it. And then a week or two later and kind of back off Come back to me always here again. Yeah. And that's when I spoke about earlier, motivation is simply an emotion. It comes, it goes. So what we then cr- decided to create was a community where like-minded people c- came together, where it was an open, honest, safe place for people to speak around the area of f- physical health, mental fitness, um, emotional fitness, spirituality, and how we can connect all these pillars together to live life with more ease, more fulfillment and more joy in whatever that looks like for us. And when we look at Harvard research, they did a lot on what they call the corporate athlete. So what's that? So we now know in order to perform as well as we can in life, we need to be fit. But when we think of fit, people think, okay, right, so I need to go to the gym at 6 a.m. every morning. You might have to go a couple of times a week, absolutely, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So we have physical fitness, which if you can imagine Maslow's hierarchy needs, it's a bit like this. We have physical fitness in the bottom. Then we come to the next one, which is mental fitness. And then our third one, emotional fitness, and the fourth one, spiritual fitness. And I suppose what we've tried to create in communities is a space and environment where people can become to be fit in each one of them areas and that they have a place that they can feel a part of a sense of something. And I think that's something we've always needed in life. When we look back at tribes, that's how they survive. They work together. They, they cook together. They hunted together. They built together. They support each other together. And now COVID really challenges with that because we're losing that sense of connection and it can be a disease of disconnection as well that we're facing right now. And, I suppose what we wanted to create was an online platform an online space that people come connect, be open, be honest, be encouraged, be challenged, of course, at times as well, and to learn about different areas, whether it's in mind, body, spirit related. So I suppose that's kind of a a bit of an explanation. When I explain these things a bit like Jerry, we never know if we actually explain them right, but we think people get some sense of what the hell we're talking about. Anyway, that
0: was brilliant. And, yeah, another member joined up recently and um, was was flying. I said it covers all bases, as you said, and community, and, and that's what my you know my own, my own business, my own gym is about, and it's creating um, an environment where people feel comfortable coming into, um, and you know my ethos, you know, is whatever they're doing you know at the home life work life when they come in interaction with say the soul space or dangling or oh, studio seven with me it's it's you want that part of the day to be their best part of the day you know to mm. to come out of the session they might come in stressed and, and just uh, to mm. to you know to to park that and and we'll work through it and and as you said it's um it, it's creating that Community feel, um which is you know that yeah. you are in a little family you've got going on there, which is which is amazing. Um, yeah. so congrats
1: I think on. I think that's it. And it's something I even realized in my own self when when years ago, when I used to work in a gym on a gym floor, and when I really started to ask bigger questions about what health was and what it actually was to live life as well as we can, I started to look around the gym floor, and I started to see most people are coming in on their own. Most people were walking in putting in headphones. Yeah. Most people were pushing themselves as hard as they could. Most people were grunting through exercises. Most people were comparing themselves to see if their arms were bigger to the next person they were, they were training beside. Yeah. Most people started to judge themselves because their friend they were training with got one extra rep than they did. And there was just this sense of I couldn't understand how this is what health actually started to look like. Yeah, yeah. And it just got me so frustrated. And that's when even my own work as well. And I started to create my own group of clients where we came in and suddenly I, I got them to breathe at the start of a session. People are like, do you mean I'm not going to do 50 jumping jacks to get warmed up? I'm like, no, we're going to actually calm your mind because you're overstimulated. Yeah. And let's grind it back in first. Then they're like, right, right, perfect. And I'd say to them, right, call out an exercise. They're like, what? What do you mean call out an exercise? You're the instructor. You're supposed to tell me what to do. I was like, so right, you, be, you want to live your whole life based on other people tell you what to do, yeah, yeah. throw out an exercise. Well, now what they what have to, you like to do? <laughs> exactly. So now there's a sense of autonomy. Now they have to start thinking for themselves. Yeah, now exactly. they just have to start becoming aware. And then they, I said, right, let's, uh, let's just start to dance. Let's start to sing a song fucking here as we're boxing in the bag or something like that. And, and then people are like, what? That's not what <laughs> it's all about. I'm supposed to be screaming and grunting here what what you mean I'm supposed to be laughing here? I'm supposed to be screaming, grunting through this. Like, and then suddenly when they started to, to let themselves go, sit into it, relax into it, have a bit of fun, have a bit of laugh, suddenly their heart rate was God knows at what at what, um, what BPM, but they weren't even noticing it because they were being present. So now they're being present, now they're being <sighs> mindful, and now they're being in the moment. And when we know in sports psychology, That's what flow state is. It's being present in the moment. So this is what I started to bring into my own work. And this is why it's kind of led onto my own dream that please God will be coming into reality in the next couple of months of opening up my own space. And it's, that's what I really want in that is a space where people come connected to a community, connected to a group of people where we do talk about spirituality, mental fitness, emotional fitness, but we also have fun. We also have laugh. We also are present in the moment. We're also taking the mick out of each other here and there and it's a really just a nice encouraging place as you said where people can feel a part of something and it's it's one of their best hours of the day
0: and that's 100 and it's exactly you know you said one one candle can light a thousand candles you know that's what i kind of think you know if you get yeah. some sort of smiling and laughing then it's it's, it's you know so it goes through osmosis into the next one and we play little games in the classes and just get a bit of fun because we want people to be buzzing leaving not just as you say come in head down do it and and out the gap you know um because uh you know it's very to integrate that that fun element to it and then they realize that they've had a workout but they didn't realize they had a workout exactly (laughs) and they're out the gap but um you touched there on your own place there nearly at the end there just to um you've got a new place coming up in Navan, isn't it um and you're obviously excited to get that going that's been one of your your goals so um yeah, obviously looking forward to that. How's that gonna go down? Hopefully in a couple of months we'll get the green light and you can uh please, you can open that.
1: Exactly. Please God. Please God. I'll definitely have to get uh, yourself up, up to it. I was gonna say down to it, but you're down in the south, so you have to come up north. But uh yeah. yeah, it's um it's a it's a place I've always kind of wanted and when I've been going to gyms over the years, I've always been going into industrial estates and all these other different areas and and that. I never went into a place where there was green, it was expansive, it was open, I was in nature and I was lucky enough to find a place that brought all that in and brought a studio into it as well and I said, do you know what, I have always wanted a place that had like a congruence area or whatever way you pronounce it, or it had a place where people could sit, have a cup of tea, have a bit of a laugh, have a chat, where it was before session, after session or that we'd have workshops along that day. And, of course, this place then had a kitchen and all right in it already as well. It wasn't being used. Box. So it ticked every box, which I was grateful enough, extremely It was, mean, it was meant to have. happen.
0: The universe was there.
1: Uh, and that's great. it. That's it. I think the universe align, aligned with something to, yeah. to create it. So, uh, yeah, it's open. Please, God, as you said, once we get the green light, um, once things become more safe, and more well, where we can all get out and get going um and yeah hopefully it's just going to be a space where i spoke about a lot of what we will we'll do within it and then obviously have people like yourself coming down to give workshops and we'll have little retreat days and and sounds just different amazing. things like that so i'm really sounds, looking forward sounds amazing
0: to it. best of luck with that definitely i'll be up 100% I can't wait to get out of the county good. good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think like us all you, you come up and teach here for a month and I'll go down
0: to you oh, and yeah. teach for a month you come this down to the change. national park there and we'll, we'll get outdoors <laughs> um, we'll do a final three it's just a little short answers really Um do the end of a uh, podcast but uh, just three questions and then we you can tell us where people can kind of find you and um, yeah so number one um, what scares you down if anything
1: what scares me? That's a good question. I think getting to the end and saying I should have. Mm. Yeah, I think that. that's the biggest thing that fears me.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, two. Who has, um, you say, suppose biggest inspiration over inspires you has inspired you or is now inspiring you um, in your life?
1: I think there's many people. I think I spoke about a few of them on, on the podcast today. Whether it was my uncle or my good friend, or Jerry has been, of course, an absolutely massive inspiration to me as well. And I think it's hard to define one person, exactly who it's been, because they all give so much and so many different things. And Granny is a massive inspiration to me as well. So it's, uh, I think it's an accumulation of people. I think like that in life is you'll meet different people along the way. And even when I looked at hospital, there was one fella who was in hospital and he was in there for nine months um on and off and he was there all the time and he was a massive inspiration to me in there and then when i look at people like jerry who i met when i was in that place i didn't really know who I was he was a massive inspiration and hmm. so we i think we all have different people who are inspiration in life and You're meant i think, to
0: meet those people at those certain times too i, yeah, I, you know. I think
1: that's it yeah
0: yeah that's no, an amazing answer and finally you probably answered this one already but uh if there was one sort of audible or one book or one thing you've read or that stopped you in your tracks and was like wow you know this is this is gold like
1: um i think i'm gonna have to repeat it again man search you're yeah, probably yeah. thinking here he goes i thought that was um, coming but uh um, yeah. not
0: you can't get can't get better than that really
1: exactly man search for me and victor frankel i think if anyone can read any book and take any lessons i think it's from that it's 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 someone who has really been at that place where i think none of us could even imagine what it would be like and what it would be and i think for someone to have that belief to have that mind to have that sense of awareness is just mesmerizing mm. and i think it's it's someone who i would have loved to have met and yeah. had a conversation with
0: true it was mind-blowing reading that and it was like someone as you said it could be in the worst literally the worst possible position and to have that i've got a why because i need to tell you know the, uh, my wife's you know parents about it and and you know just to switch our mindset and then actually be sort of using kindness and things towards the guards and and you know rather than resentment so that's just you know it's hard it's to me um amazing where can people kind of find you dan um a bit more about you and what you're what you're up to
1: yeah super um so people find me at dangling coaching on instagram facebook i think linkedin is the same i'm pretty sure um and then my website is www.danglingcoaching.e so it's straight and forward no underscores and no numbers here and there so don't worry it's 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 fairly straightforward but uh yeah. well thanks for having me on again it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you
0: no worries at all and um you know just to acknowledge the work you do um, and as I said I was running with Jerry on New Year's Eve in the snow in Glen and, Maddie, and he said you need to connect with Dan um, he said uh, you know and we had a few voice notes but the first time I properly met you and you know I totally agree and understand um, and I might embarrass you a little bit here because I'm just going to quote from Jerry if you don't mind to finish <laughs> <All right. laughs> again this is just only the top bit of the quote I found it really um, really inspiring so this is uh from the mr. mr jerry hussey himself the day i met dan I, re- I instantly knew i'd met someone very special his calming presence his honest humility and openness let me know i was after meeting someone who had a special passion and commitment to igniting human potential so that's and, and i concur with those but uh no amazing words thank you yeah amazing work you do and i said i learn i learn a lot from you and you know that that space I can visualize. You know what, what an amazing space this is going to be, um, and I will 100% be up there. And um, you know, and you know, it's great to meet people, as I said, like-minded in the same ethos. And you know, I'm you know learn a lot from from, from you, and we're always learning. So thanks a million, Dan, for coming on. Really appreciate that. And um, probably went over time, but like you know, we're having a good chat. So
1: exactly, we're in flow state. Thanks for you making it been what a pleasure. It's all
0: about no worries man and um, best of luck and continued success going forward
1: thank you
0: thank you well guys that's a wrap with mr dan glynn really really enjoyed that um you know lots of insight there um into the world of wellness and that holistic approach which is something that i um try and do as well so um delighted to connect with dan and As I said, you know, some serious nuggets in there that you can take away. Um, Can't wait to see the space that he creates up in Navin. um, Just from what he said on the podcast and when we were chatting afterwards, it's going to be a special environment. Um, And uh, yeah, once uh, the restrictions ease, um, we're going to be up there and and, and have a look at it. So uh, if you like that, guys, um, which I'm sure you did, send it on, tag it on, tag it in your stories, tag Dan, tag the gym. Um, get it trending, let's get it a, a rated on, on Apple Podcasts, Would will be super, um, you know, there's been some amazing guests on recently, so uh, really delighted with that, and can't wait for um, the next few episodes, so um, that's, that's it guys, hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you next week, take care of yourselves, and we'll chat you soon, bye bye.